rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right. How's it going? How's it sound? How's it look? I know. I got some cat hair on my shirt because the producer's sleeping over there. All right. He's not feeling well. His allergies are acting up and he had to he scratched his chin really bad so he had to have a cone and now he's he's not well he's he's not he's he's grumped he's grumped out like me like i've been since 1967 so welcome to the club tara jr jr the producer all right tonight i'm fixing the mic because we have a we're gonna have a guest we're gonna have tom hartman on the show thank you Jim. All right, great. Jim says it sounds good. Okay, good. We want to be on our best behavior when Tom gets here because, you know, that's Tom Harmon. And God, that's kind of cool. He's coming on the show and I really want to talk about what what his latest book. I don't know, when does he write all these books? I can barely tweet some days. I don't understand it. I'm so busy, I can't put 30 goddamn two characters together. And he's got another book, not only this book, The Hidden History of Big Brother in America, there's another book being edited as we speak. I, I'm, he puts me, to, I'm ashamed of myself. I don't know why he's coming on here. I feel like shit already. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have to stop cursing. I know I say that every show. But I mean it this time. I mean it. Thank you. All right. We already have the chat room filling up with the the greatest people on earth. Only the best, as Trump would say. And we have uh, the best. But we, we really do have the best chat room in all of liberal media. Yes. Richard W. says, get plenty of rest, producer. He's He's sleeping. He's out like a light. So hopefully, because I gave him a drug, nothing, I gave him uh, gabapentin. He's, I mean, for the doctor told me to give it to him so he could rest and stop scratching his face. So he's, he really did a number on himself. So uh, I hate that. And I hate putting the cone on him because I, I feel his pain. I can't deal with it, and it's hard. And he know, and he's very upset by it. He's like rrr, 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 walking around, grumped out. All right, so we meet here every time I have some goddamn time. And uh, I'm sorry I didn't have a show so far this week because of my schedule was really is really it's been tight. My schedule, a couple of days for the past week, so. Yeah, become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin, and we can have a show every god... Every, why am I saying goddamn? Every day. And, uh, yeah, like Tom Harmon. And then I, maybe I'll have time to write 50, 50 books. So... So, Tom, I'm, I'm gonna... I'm gonna call him at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. So, all right. Well, hopefully that all goes well. And I will contain myself. 
I want I want to show my new shirt. Fascism equals death. Yeah, I mean, I want I do want to talk to Tom about his book, of course, because that's why he's coming on the show. But also, uh, I want him to talk me off the ledge. Frankly, I'm really I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it all. I saw Joe Manchin on Morning Joe again. What what is he doing on every goddamn show constantly? Still, this guy. He's the guy, he's the king. And they asked, someone asked him, one of the pundits asked him about, and I thought that was pretty good, asked him about the, the fact that he doesn't, he, um, because of him, our child tax credit that lifted 40%, that, that raised, well, lowered childhood poverty by 40%, uh, because of him, um, now, childhood poverty is back up to disgusting levels it is disgusting but more disgusting than it used to be now since uh, you know what i'm trying to say and um the, and also hit him with the statistics about the appalling state of west virginia and he, he he seemed to stumble a little bit about it. How he was like humming a humming a. But you know, I what I want to do is get the the inflation under control and get people back to work. You know, the same old bull bull. It's always our fault, you see. Not the system. The system's fine, right? The system. The fact that. 80% of the American people live paycheck to paycheck and the majority can't save $400, one third can't retire. You know, that's uh, that's on you, booby. The system's doing fine. And well, uh, as evidenced by the fact that Joe Manchin can smoke a big fat cigar off of his house yacht while ignoring his constituents who are so desperate they're canoeing up to his back door to get him to to listen oh but if he were a big if they were benefactors right if they were rich oligarchs he'd have them on his yacht he'd host them forget don't you don't don't bring a canoe i'll send a car Oh, and, a, and a couple of hookers, high-class hookers with a heart of gold. And then you can beg, um, you know, well, what, what did Joe Manchin do? He begged them that if you give my buddy a job, he'll vote the way you want him to vote. And, of course, that's not, that doesn't get any attention. It never does. It never, it didn't, it didn't get attention at the time, and it continues to be. Oh well, this is the way the system goes. And you know, watching um, what's going on in Ukraine, I think uh, it's great. But let's let's. I mean, it's not great that, of course. What's great is the spirit of democracy and the fact that. They really are shaming, I think, the, you know, the Western civilization in a way, shining a light on what it means to be free. What, what is freedom? Do we have to 
be under, I mean, is being under the thumb of dictators and oligarchs, that's not freedom. Not being able to say no war, this makes me uh, so... Not, I mean, it's beyond aggravated. The words escape me because you think about it. There's one dude, one one sick ass oligarch, uh, greed centered ghoul, a sociopath, making decisions, uh, bombing people on bread lines now, right? Hospitals, killing pregnant women who. You know, the, 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 someone who's about to give birth, someone who's pregnant, and the, before all, all of the horrors unfolded, there, there's hope and possibility and dreams for your child what, and the life that you hope that they will live. And here comes a a sociopath, because he's he doesn't like the fact that d- democratically elected people uh, that through their representatives, well, demo, you know, the representatives of the people might want to join a something, you know, NATO. It's like what happens here too on different scales. You know, that's the way it is when you want to join a union. You have the, it's always about the greed, the greed-centered ghost of the Gilded Age. And it really is, um, we're, we're all not, we're nothing but commodities. And I just have to ask how much longer are we going to take it? Yeah, I guess the word is enraged, <laughs> Winston, on the chat. I wonder, uh, but it's like, why we let again and again and again we let this happen we let people but you know i mean i'm really obviously i'm processing it still because i think about trump we're on a precipice in this country we just might lose democracy and it's that's where we will be they're already telling us what we can read what we can talk about, what, I mean, defining the, the necessary steps to having a more perfect union as an assault on freedom. Uh, because you, you're going to make a little, little kid feel, feel bad. Always under the guise of benevolence. You know what I mean? I don't know uh, how much longer. You see, being uh, living in a democracy requires strength and maturity. A maturity that most of the American people, I think most people in general, do not have. That's why it has to be cultivated and encouraged. That's why you have to teach kids. You have to teach the younger generations about the tenu- how tenuous republics uh, are and how how dangerous it is to fall prey to the divisive rhetoric of megalomanias or what's the word megalomaniacs trump the lies never stop 
And um, I want to talk about this with Tom. That's why I'm a little bit kind of just uh, killing time. Two minutes. I'm kind of nervous. Because I'm also nervous that will the phone work? So we have a backup. If the phone, if the Skype doesn't work, we'll get Tom on on the phone. But I, before, let me start. Just say thank you, Winston. For, for, I mean, well, Winston. Well, thank you, Winston, for chatting. But thank you, Richard W. for your super chat. Another great show, Tara. Thank you, and thank you, Jim, for your super chat. And Jim says hi. <laughs> And Jim is also, he is our, right now, he's the only moderator we have in the chat. So behave yourself, Jim is, I hear Jim uh, speak softly but carries a big stick. That's what she said. But I'm bummed. All right, maybe I should see if I can get Tom on the air right now. <sighs> Calm down, Devlin. Breathe. All right, so let's see. Bada beep ba boop. La da dee da do. Add participant. Boo doo ba ba boo. Let's see. Tom Hartman. Add. It's a, it's a minute early. We'll see if he's around. <clears throat> Tom. Hey, Tara. All right. Can you see me? Oops. I shut my my camera off. <clears throat> All right. You hold on. Let me see if I can. Hold on. Hold on. You can see me, Tom? Uh, no, no. You don't see me. All right. Why is that? Let me see. Hold on. Here we go. That's why. I had the camera shut off. That's why. There you go. <laughs> it's always the technical. I mean, you know, it's a one-man band. Until, well, unless the cat jumps on the keyboard. So uh, then we have my producer. So thank you, Tom, for hanging out and joining, you know, uh, once again. I can't, we were just discussing before you got on the air here about, uh, you know, another book. I know you have another book in the, t in the pipeline, too. You have your, not only your big brother book, but a new, <laughs> uh, how do you do it? You know, I just have to ask. I know I ask all the time, but I can barely tweet or post an Instagram some days, but I don't, when do you write? Seriously, you have a show. Yeah. yeah, seriously. I, I, I write every afternoon from one till five or sometimes one till six. And mm. you know, if you write right. you know, a, a typical book, these, these small books are 35,000 words each. So if I, if I can write, you know, a thousand words a day, which is about what, three pages maybe, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm writing a book every month. I mean, and wow. I don't write that fast. That's it, great. It's not it's just if you just plug away at it. It's not right. that big a deal. That's it's, true. It's just required. Right. You just have to make that commitment to sit down at the at like those the hours. What's that? <laughs> it's like cleaning the refrigerator. <laughs> right. Exactly. You make Decide that commitment. Yes. You make the appointment with yourself. I'm, and I'm. I'm I, I'm not alone in saying that I'm glad you're doing it because we need these, we need the message out there. This is one of my, one of the things we talk about on the show is that the reason we're in this boat is because we don't own the message. And um, 
jobs and you, this is great uh, for the you know just getting the conversation out there and also this book the, the hidden history of big brother in america i i have to tell you i feel like i i know a lot of things but this was something i wasn't 100 percent aware of and so i really appreciate you uh bringing it to my attention and because it's almost like it's it's invisible this ubiquitous the you know big brother is watching and you don't even know it half the time yeah. so can you talk about this you know right is, <laughs> is to have it uh, uh what do you call it uh oops sorry about that That's okay. is to have it be um so what did you want me to speak to? Well, just tell me about the book itself. So what made you, you know, what brought this all to your attention and really just what, what is the book about? Sure. Um, I wanted to write the book because um, I, I felt that there are uh, concerns that we should all be sharing at a couple of different levels. Um, one is with regard to government. You know, uh, there was a lot of uh concern around 2003 around the patriot act or 2002 mm -hmm. i guess and and that kind of died away there was a lot of concern when trump ended net neutrality and yes. kind of died right you know there have been a, a number of milestones that had to do with the, the government's ability to surveil us uh, although net neutrality arguably was more corporate and and so i wanted to to talk about that now what is privacy and mm -hmm. why is privacy we're not in the constitution and all that kind of stuff but then also there's this whole corporate surveillance level and there's been some you know really great books written about surveillance capitalism and and, right. and you know uh, digital war is the new form of warfare and those kinds of mm, things but mm -hmm. and i i don't know i bought 30 or 40 books in preparation for writing this one you know just to see what other people were writing right. and, mm -hmm. and i couldn't find a good tight you know little concise summary of those things and so that's why i wrote this book mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because uh you're talking about net neutrality that's uh, something that fell by the wayside i think a lot of people think because we won that battle that we have net neutrality but ajit pai as you mentioned in the book uh he was a verizon lobbyist and did verizon's bidding and uh, overturned it it still hasn't been rectified yet we haven't done anything about that it just feels like one of many one of the millions of little chipping away at uh, our freedom in general it's true we're the we're the only developed country in the world where your internet service provider the company that brings the internet into your home can literally sit there and watch everything you're doing they can record everything you're doing every keystroke <laughs> page you visit how fast you scroll down the page, which pictures slow you down, which right. ads you stop at, every email you send out, every email yeah. you receive. It's all there for your internet service provider or your cell provider, all of that stuff on the internet. And you know, in any other country to get access to that, you need a warrant. Um, right. And that was the law here in the United States until three years ago when Donald Trump put Ajit Pai in charge of the FCC and Ajit Pai said, hey, screw yeah. up. we'll give it up to big corporations and they can monetize everybody. Um, it's still, you know, illegal to tap a phone. You can't, right. you know, they both used to be covered under Title II of the Telecommunications Act. This goes back to the 1920s that, you know, if, if, if the phone company or if your next door neighbor or the police want to listen in on your phone conversations, they have to get a warrant from a judge. 
But if they want, but now, and it used to be the case with the internet, if they wanted to track you on the internet, but now if they want to just observe everything you're doing, all they have to do is be the company that brings the internet into your house and just push the record right. button. Right. And that is frightening, frankly. It really is. They are there. But what are we what are we going to do about it? What is anything being done about it? I know that you're you're kind of making common ground with Josh Hawley, which. Yeah. 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 Josh Hawley wrote a book about this. And the first chapter is actually a really good chapter. It's a good summary of how bad the situation is. Uh, you know, most of the rest of the book is is talking about how liberals are going to turn America into right. the Soviet Union. Mm. Um, you know, hey, let's give the devil his due. And, right. You know, at least raising the issue, and he's talking to Ron Wyden about it. Um, I, I think that you know the ISPs. We haven't seen any since since Ajit Pai des destroyed what they refer to as net neutrality. I would call internet privacy. Yeah. Since, since Ajit Pai destroyed our internet privacy, there hasn't been a, a large uh, leak or attack on anybody that's gotten any kind of publicity where an internet service provider used the information that they had acquired from being an internet mm -hmm. service provider to blackmail somebody or harass or, or harm somebody in some way. Um, it, it, most, most of this stuff is happening kind of on the down low in the background in yeah. these channels where it's almost impossible get access into them where these data brokers are buying and selling information back and forth to each other and it's all fairly well encrypted and it doesn't pop up until you you know try to rent an apartment and mm, you know mm -hmm. 12,000 data points on you right uh, wow but but right. you know i think probably what it would take for americans to start freaking out about it would be for something like that some kind of terrible you know big data dumper and a whistleblower or one of these companies to just go total putin you know and yeah and, you know, try to try to take down somebody that they don't like. Right, right. And that is one of the hallmarks of fascism is to make yeah. these laws and then sub subjectively apply them to, yeah, yeah to your enemies. And, yeah, as Trump yeah. promised he was going to do and tried to do on multiple occasions. Mm -hmm. So to have the this law, to have our privacy so commodified in general, and, and really it does, it speaks to... Uh, as far as everything else that's going on, I just feel like the everyone is a commodity now, and maybe it's always been that way. And I was a bit naive, but I thought that democracy is supposed to be kind of the antidote to that, to you know, to, uh, to bad actors uh, abusing us. But all over the world, you see how autocr autocracies are on the rise, and I know in your book you mention. China. Now that's that's a uh, frightening uh, where they're the frightening world that they live in, where they're they're being raided by their behavior. Is is that? Am I correct with that? Or yeah, the, the Chinese social credit system. It's not yet uh, ubiquitous in China, but you know they they've rolled it out, and you you can raise your social credit score by certain behaviors you know praising the government right. on social media giving blood or engaging in, in you know generally positive stuff cleaning up the freeway um and you can lose or lower your social credit score by by playing loud music in public or getting arrested for being drunk or even being right. observed publicly drunk um, or not doing well in school or not showing up on time for a doctor's appointment. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that'll hurt it. And these scores will define what school you and your kids can get into, what part of town you can mm -hmm. live in, 
what uh, kind of job you can have, um, uh, you know, how quickly a doctor will make an appointment wow. to see, you know, what kind of room you get in a hospital. I mean, it's, it's and, and it's getting more and more uh, pronounced, shall we say. Wow. I mean, and the, the thing is, what's happening, I feel, here is sort of like the, the telecommunications companies are not going to roll out complete, you know, they're not going to. All, all of the sudden overnight throttle your internet speed or charge you a toll to, let's say, you know, uh, play the broadcast, the Tara Buster show or whatever, but they'll do it because they have these laws in their back pocket and it'll be like the frog in the water, sort of like how communications in general were consolidated over uh, since 1996, since uh, it didn't happen overnight, you know, we went from 50 giant telecommunications companies, I mean, 50 co companies owning the media in general, and now we have six. And the laws about cross-ownership, where you couldn't have a, uh, a radio um, station and a television station and a newspaper in the same market, those are gone. And, you know, I mean, the American people... I really feel that this is why we're we're uh, on the verge of fascism. I I mean I don't know. What do you do? You think? What do you think about that? I know you have a you're very optimistic, less more than me. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I do. If the Republican Party is able to seize power in 2022 and 2024, that um, the party has by and large become an authoritarian cult, yes. which is what happened with the National Socialist Party in Germany in 1932. And, I mean, before that, right. arguably, but, you know, when they came to power in 33, actually. Um, and, you know, it's it's happened in a number of other countries as well over over time. And, and you know, I, I would argue it's what's happened with uh, Fidesz in Hungary. It's what ha has yeah. happened with Putin's um, You know, uh, so, yeah, if the Republicans seize that kind of power and there's, you know, a chance that they will, then mm. I think we're going to be in for a rough, probably generation, probably wow. a couple of decades. Oh my God! Um, well, <laughs> that's not, not good. <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's well, not. We, and we need to tell the truth about it. We need to wake people up. Yes, they need yes. both this this fall. Right, and, but that's the thing. How can we overcome all of the Republican gerrymandering, voter suppression, like all of that? And they'll see. And it's also because they've seeded the ground with this. Uh, the election was stolen. So it almost like it diminishes the fact that when they steal it, that, you know, it will just be a bunch of people uh, yelling once again that the election is stolen and it's both sides, of course. There they go. You know, I mean, it's uh, I don't know, Tom. I mean, re reading your book, I was like, oh, this too you know what i mean it felt like what do we do about this too you know because corporations and the government really are uh they have treated they, they it's like what fdr said government is an appendage of the affairs of billionaires now and they're transnational corporations that's it so what i mean I don't know. I don't know what we uh, what the solution is, um, especially when it feels like we are overcoming, you know, like, for example, a Joe Manchin and and all of the misinformation of the of the corporate media that normalizes it. I don't know. Um, what do you think? 
I think that there are a number of things that we need to do. Um, we just talked a moment ago about net neutrality and, mm -hmm. and the potential abuse that, that exists because of uh, Donald Trump and Ajit Pai. That needs to be fixed. Another another thing that needs to be fixed, and this is an area where I think Josh Hawley and I agree, mm. uh, <laughs> Josh Hawley and Ron Wyden agree, is that um, there is this notion that you know your your home is your castle, uh, you know, which is you know the castle doctrine literally goes back to the to the 1300s, really to the to the 1100s, um, in a big way, but you know as as being called that to the 1300s British common law, that you know your home is your castle and you are responsible for what happens in your home. So if you put a sign out in front of your house, Tara, tonight that says big party at midnight, everybody welcome, and you threw the front door open, and a bunch of really skeezy people showed up, and and you know about two o'clock in the morning you've got you know somebody in the back room beating somebody bloody, and somebody else being raped in the backyard, and somebody in the kitchen who's selling heroin and um, you know, people in the living room shooting up and, mm. and, and the police walked in, you would be arrested too, right. along with all the people, because you allowed it to happen in your house. You are as responsible or not fully as responsible, mm -hmm. but a, a, a shared responsibility with all of them. And like I said, this has gone, this goes back a thousand years. And so in 1980, 81, um, Nigel Peacock and I started running forums for CompuServe. And we had about 30 people who worked for us. They paid us pretty good money. Um, you know, we were contractors. But be, and the reason why was because if somebody said something on CompuServe, if they were, you know, mm. swapping pornography or selling weapons right. or something, like that, CompuServe had liability. And so they paid us to make wow. sure that all the messages were clean and that all the people were reliable. And you know, it was a safe space yes. for folks. Then came 1996. That. That was the year CompuServe stopped paying us, and the reason they stopped paying us was because that was the year that the Telecommunications Act passed with Section right. 230, which said, you know, we're still going to keep it that if you invite people into your home and they commit crimes, um, no big, you know, the, that you are responsible for that. Or if you invite, you know, if Home Depot, mm. uh, you know, lets people commit crimes in Home Depot, right. they're responsible for it if a business does that. But and so if you build your, your, your home or your business not in on brick and mortar on the street or, you know, not not where you live, but or an apartment building, but instead on the Internet, if that's where your home is, post-1996, all kinds of things can happen. I mean, you can you can traffic human beings. You can plot revolutions right. and overthrow, try to overthrow the government. You can yeah. sell weapons. You can do whatever you want. And the company that owns the house that invited all the people in has absolutely no liability and can never be prosecuted, hmm. no matter what. You know, even though they knew what's going on, right. even though they did nothing about it, no liability. And that's nuts. Yeah. I mean, it's just plain old flat out nuts. Um, you know, it led to an explosion of activity on the Internet. I would argue that a lot of that activity was not actually a good or desirable thing. And and on top of that, it's it's, uh, uh, you know, it made Mark Zuckerberg one of the richest right. men in the world. Yeah. Fast. A, a sociopath, and, right? I mean, well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I just diagnosing him from medium kind of draws them. Yeah, exactly. It's like we are in. Uh, I believe that, and what you mentioned in the book, I think that uh, if if not for these rules, uh, Donald Trump might not be president because of the way they you they flooded Facebook with lies. Nothing but lies about yeah. Hillary Clinton and 
trying to, especially micro-targeting uh, soft Democrats or that they, so whatever they call them, you know, the people who yep. could take her or leave her and then inundate them with lies. Uh, nonstop. Right. And say basically, you know, the, the main message of the Trump campaign in 2016, and Ted Cruz used Cambridge Analytica in 2018 too. So both of them did this. It didn't, you know, the exposés didn't come out until 2019. But um, you know, what what they did with the Trump campaign in, on one day they had over 150,000 different variations on a single ad, mm. and you know, the variations were tweaked in a way that would just grab you. Right. You know, right. The, the, who you are and what you care about and what you're afraid of and what you want and what you love and what you all mm -hmm. those things and they just hooks in and the main message the main message that was directed to black people uh was you know the hillary clinton is calling you a super predator message right and you know with that little old in the 90s and the main message that was delivered to what they referred to as weak democratic voters that is to say weakly loyal weak loyalty to the party mm -hmm. uh, because Republican or sometimes just skip elections was ah both parties are corrupt everybody right. is terrible don't even bother you know yeah. don't even bother and and they actually drove down the vote just in I mean they just looked in the book I talk about how they just looked at Milwaukee they drove that that vote down by fifty thousand people right. and Trump only carried by twenty seven thousand people right. I mean just that one time um, the voter suppression effort actually worked so um, you know the power of this stuff is huge right. Right, because people, human beings are are storytellers. We want to be heard. We want to connect, and that's why it's so it's it is evil, in my opinion, to lie and manipulate people like that to tell them. I I mean, I, for example, I've talked about it on the show. There was I went to uh, one 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 of Mike Malloy's uh, gatherings. You know, in Georgia, they had a little uh, Malloy gathering. And I was talking to a young woman who she's, and I was like, who believes this stuff? You know? And she was like, my mother does. And she lives in New Jersey. And that was when the, they were going on about caravans coming to kill everybody. And she mm -hmm. said, my mother actually thinks that a, that a caravan filled with immigrants is going to kill her. And I've tried to talk to her about it. I've said, it's crazy. And she still believes it. And and to me, that's it's like malpractice. It's political. It's human malpractice. You don't take people who are, you know, whatever. They're not maybe that swift. I don't know what their problems are, you know, but they're they believe this stuff. You don't. It's like uh, it's 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 like malpractice on uh, somebody's soul. And you're you're mm. you're robbing them of a peaceful life. So you can gain money and power, you know, to continue to uh, gain more money and power. So who's there? <laughs> I, I hear your dog in the background. So that's. Oh, yeah. yeah we have two of them. <laughs> they're loud. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, we have cats in here, so they're, they're constantly it's interfering cats. with the show. They're part of the show, really. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, this is, um, you know, you're talking about, uh, both sides don't bother that, that in, in general is kind of the me the, uh, corporate media's whole game. I don't know if you've, uh, everything is both sides. Well, I mean, we know that the, that that's the way the Republicans roll, 
but you know they uh, constantly validate it as if uh, for example uh, they'll in one story they'll talk about how dangerous Trump is and he is and then the next story will be how the uh, you know 50% think he's go- he's he would be better on Ukraine or something you know what i mean it's like the mixed messages of uh, you know anyway well you you look like uh, maybe you have something to do <laughs> It's mean? okay. No, I don't know. I, I think so. Is someone talking to you in the background? Is that Louise? No. Oh, okay. No, maybe, I'm uh, maybe I'm, uh, I'm I, I don't know. I thought you were saying something to somebody in the background. That's fine. That's fine. So, speaking to you. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I, I guess there's a little bit of a lag. But um, anyway, I just, to me, I feel, I guess, I guess I maybe, I don't know, I need a little bit more optimism. Um, and this is why I do the show, frankly, because I do believe that, and why, you know, your show is so important too, because you reach so many people. But I, it is about messaging. Like, for example, just on um, this week's Meet the Press, which drives me insane, but... Bill Barr was on Meet the Press, and Chuck Todd asked him about, you'll, uh, you say that Trump's a liar, that he's a danger, but you, then you say you will still vote for him if he runs. And Bill Barr's like, well, the liberals are the most dangerous to, uh, to, to, to uh, humanity. And he didn't even ask, like, in what way? Do you have an example of this? It's but to throw it out there is make is basically validating it as as truth. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, both sides are just damn evil and can't be trusted, and they they're both going to destroy the country. So, how do we? I don't know. How do we ever? How do you think this is going to survive? The the I don't know if we could survive this kind of greed and it's really cynicism, frankly. I don't know. What do you think? I think that uh, in the end, typically uh, good wins. Um, Sometimes it takes generations or centuries. (laughs) Right, exactly. I just hope I'll be alive to see it. Right. (laughs) We've had a taste of it, and the world has had it. And and uh, it's going to be hard to go back. And I think this is one of the lessons that Mr. Putin is learning right now as right. well. That's true. Not domestically inside Russia, not just you know getting his butt kicked in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So I, generally speaking, I am optimistic. I, I, I you know mm-hmm. you look at the cycles of history. We we go through these roughly eighty-year cycles. It seems where we have every eighty years we have a depression and a war, and right. then things get afterwards. Um, you know, the depression and the war period are horrors, but afterwards mm. improve. Um, whether it was, you know, the, the, the Great Depression of 1770, followed by the War of 1776, right. or 80 years later, you know, the uh, Depression okay. of 1856, followed or the Great Panic of 1856, followed by the, by the Civil War, or 80 years right. later, the Republican Great Depression, followed by the World War II. But at each stage along the way, major positive changes happen. And now we're 80 years out from, from World War II. In fact, Zelensky uh, referenced that uh, in his speech. He said, yeah. you know, here, 80 years later. And I'm like, wow. I know, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, uh, so, I, you know, I, I am concerned for my children and grandchildren yeah. who are 
inheriting a world that, that uh, my generation in particular and, and, gen and, the, and the generation immediately before mine, but particularly my generation and the one just uh, behind mine, um, really screwed up. I mean, you know, we, we knew in the 80s that global warming was happening. Mm -hmm. yeah. In the 80s that, that uh, and, and a lot of us were yelling about it. I mean, I, you know, I wrote a yeah. book last time in sunlight in early 1990 right. um, you know and we knew in the 80s that uh, that the way that we were doing agriculture was poisoning us and poisoning the earth uh, you know I mean we've known a lot of these things for a long time and uh, you know finally we're, we're starting to take them seriously and and the, the thing that has prevented that by and large has been corruption it's you know the right. corruption Supreme Court allowing yep. billionaire industry yeah. politicians right it's just a corruption and at some point, we're going to break through, I think. I mean, that would, that would you know, uh, I don't know if you've been catching uh, uh, Petro Poroshenko, the former president of Ukraine on TV. Mm -hmm. He's a lot of CNN hits. And, you know, he was a reasonable guy. He, uh, The guy before him was Yanukovych. Yeah. Yanukovych was the, the Putin stooge who, who Paul Manafort, yes. you know, got in as president. Mm -hmm. and had the revolution and they came out and then Poroshenko came in. And Poroshenko was more like a kind of a Mitt Romney type, you know. I mean, he 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 handed government contracts to his friends, and you know mm. he 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 was corrupt, but small time corrupt. Right. Yeah. And Zelensky's whole sales pitch for his candidacy was he was the anti-corruption yeah. candidate. Right. So you see this progression happening in Ukraine. I'm hopeful we can see a similar progression right. here. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's uh, when I'm watching Ukraine is really like the spirit of 1776 to me. It's uh, they are proving how how precious freedom really is and what freedom is. Not this the freedom to I don't know not give a crap about anybody else but yourself. That's what. You know, these people are literally ple pledging their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to each other and standing together. They're not giving up. That's, yeah. you know, it's, I, I was, I can't even, I'm a, I'm a big crier. So when I was watching Zelensky this morning, I was like bawling. Just the whole, you know, I mean, the bravery. Uh, look at me. Where's my cat? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I, I, the people on the show are always like, oh, there there she goes again. <laughs> but I guess, I, I mean, I have so much hope for the country. I, I, I have, not hope, I mean, I have, uh, it's, the, it's the promises in our founding documents that, and all of, and all of the, um, you know, the work that needs to be done is this is what makes it it's so frustrating because everything that needs to happen in order to have a functioning democratic republic that works for all is being is uh being screamed down really like we need to have that conversation about race that's why republicans don't want to have it because they'd rather keep us divided. I mean, it's a real, and, you know, it's uh, divide and conquer. But the Democrats, you know, was, another thing um, I'm really interested in is in history, as you are too. And um, I love Roman history, especially the late Republic, because I feel like it holds so much, so many warnings for today. And one of the things I, I always think about is when... Yeah, you know, especially because it was the eyes of March yesterday, right? Am I right? Yes. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what day it is sometimes, but 
where be, the reason so when they assassinated caesar when you know it was all for the republic but they didn't assassinate uh mark antony as well because they were uh being you know they were proving that they had these high-minded ideals but ultimately it was antony and you know his uh, teaming up he had none of those ideals he was like, you know, whatever, give me power. He was, you know, loud, drinking. He didn't care about the, the high-minded ideals of anything. And they, uh, it was, that's what bit them in the ass, ultimately, because he was the one that defeated. Uh, you know, he was a great general uh, in the, um, you know, they teamed up with later, who became Augustus, and uh, they defeated the the armies of the republic and um i feel that that's the democratic party today they are they model good behavior for the republicans and the republicans they don't care about good behavior they don't care about the high-minded ideals of the republic you know they're they are playing for keeps and if that means putting an autocrat in charge if that means corrupting the supreme court or every court you know i mean all of that in itself is um we should have been screaming about that and i, I don't mean us because we've we've been screaming about it. i mean the people on corporate media when they start it wasn't just erasing a, or a violating a norm it's uh they were literally following the autocrat playbook by corrupting the courts because when as that's what the nazis did you know when as soon as and then when uh, someone went in front of the courts uh, for killing a communist or something it would be null and void and that's it doesn't happen overnight it happens slowly uh, and people just get used to it because you know i guess they like I don't know what it is, really. I mean, I, as far as I'm, I know, there's that that thirty five percent of authoritarians in general. But you know, what is what what is it? Uh, what's your neighbor's excuse? You know, like I know people that voted for Trump. They're like, oh, I just thought I uh, needed needed change or something different. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It's. Uh, yeah, we're getting something different, all right. It's, but it's not democracy. It's certainly it scares me, frankly, because you see it happening in other other NATO countries like Hungary, and then you have you know Tucker Carlson normalizing this, and then we get the bold side. I mean, this is, to me, I feel like it's there's so much work to do, but that's probably why you write you write a book a week. But you know. I mean, I don't know. I try to do as many shows, but the yeah, we we have our work cut out for us. I feel, and uh, especially you know, as far as the the thank thankfully we could still do a show on the me on uh, like I don't need to pay uh, a toll to do this show yet or something like that. You know, but I uh, they they definitely have us. I think uh, really over a barrel in a lot of ways, and if we don't own, if we don't own the message, I think we're we're gonna it's not gonna last. So because they can define it, they have redefined it. 
you know, they've turned patriotism from from pledging your life, fortune, and sacred honor to each other into, uh, you know, hugging a flag, basically, and wearing a shirt with some eagles on it. That's it, right? I mean, how can you last like that? And selfishness, too. I feel like I'm talking to my shrink now. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is what I talk to my shrink about, believe it or not. He's probably like, oh, dear. You know, most people, and that's the other thing. Most people are like talking about, you know, I want a boyfriend or whatever the hell, you know. It's like, and people just want to live their lives. Yeah, we're all here for this blip of time. I mean, I'd rather be doing a show about cats or something like that. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. <laughs> right? It's not about fighting fascism, frankly. I'm sh like the people of Ukraine. You see, you know, I can relate. Because I'm thinking, what would I do if all of a sudden... I had to leave in in a matter of minutes, and that we're hearing stories about that. You know, what would I do? What would I grab? What would I, you know, of course, I'd take the cats out of the house, but you're going to be walking 50 miles with cats on your back. So anyway, <laughs> I don't know if you ever tried yeah. that. It's not, uh, it's not recommended. <laughs> Taking taking cats, what? Yeah, walking. Well, I saw I saw talk, taking cats on your back for fifty miles. I'm just kidding. You know, if you had to flee, <laughs> you had to flee. You know. Yeah, here. Say hi. So anyway, yeah, we do have our work cut out for us, Tom, and uh, I really do thank you for all the work you do. And uh, actually, before I let you go. I do want because I know you talk to a lot of Democrats in power and they always complain. Well, what we hear about is um, the message, you know, and one of the things on the show that I like, I'm trying to get the message. I want to give the Democrats some some good talking points. And you know that, you know, this is important. So because uh, you wrote a whole other book about it. Right. Cracking the code. So but when, for example, when uh, Joe Biden with Build Back Better, he's like, he talks about it's fair, it's only right, it's only fair to raise taxes on billionaires. Well, I, I, I wish somebody would tell him it's not just fair because nobody cares about fair at this point. You know, that, I mean, even though that's nice, I do care about fair. You might, but they don't. You know, it's it's about building the infrastructure of democracy. What is so hard about saying that? We're building the infrastructure of democracy because you can't have a democracy and uh, concentrated wealth at the same time. Boom. I think that would be, you know, a message that people could digest easily. And it's a, these are patriotic imperatives like universal health care. It's not far left. It's a patriotic imperative because we don't leave people behind. Boom. There you go. Mm. You know, I was in the National Guard and we used to actually drill on leaving no one behind. You know, somebody would be yeah. the wounded person and we had to get them out of there. And, you know, so we don't leave people behind on the battlefield. We don't leave them behind on the battlefield of sickness, on the battlefield of whatever it might be, um, on the battlefield of homelessness, on the battlefield of, you know, whatever, education, or we don't leave anybody behind. I mean, I don't know. And that's patriotism. 
right? And uh, that's the other thing. Liberals have to unapologetically claim, reclaim the mantle of patriotism because we're the patriots. You know, it's not just about wearing a shirt with a star on it that says, you know, these colors don't run. It's about leaving nobody behind. And that's what liberalism is all about. Uh, and building the infrastructure of democracy, being capable of functioning in a democracy. You know, that's why we have to, you know, educate people on how tenuous it is and how easily it's lost. But I guess we're seeing that now. We certainly, like you say, you know, uh, we live in interesting times, <laughs> but it's exhausting, right? <laughs> All of the above. Right, right, right. Well, thank you so much for hanging out, Tom. I really, and uh, thank you once again for writing a, another book that uh, I couldn't put down. I, and, I, and I read all your books before, I have to tell you. I don't know if I told you this before, but even before I knew you, uh, I just, cool, I read, what was the, uh, the Prophet's Way? That was the first book I read. Oh, wow. Yeah, years ago. Because uh, I'm in yeah, recovery, so it was like being passed around by the... Uh, that when, when you were talking about people like doing heroin and cops knocking on the door, I thought you were talking about my 20s, so... Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you so much for hanging out and, you know, doing and being on the front lines, really. Uh, you're, the, you're absolutely prolific, uh, but I guess that's the way we have to be when we're, uh, you know, we're we're liberals because we don't have big, big billionaire benefactors to prop us up. So I really do thank you for uh, uh, coming on this show, giving this show. Yeah, um, it does help. It helps give the show a little bit more cred, too. So <laughs> thank you. It's my pleasure. And and it's a pleasure and an honor. I always enjoy speaking with you, Tara. Oh, I wow. Always, I always love from our conversations. Oh, so thank you. In particular, your idea of, uh, you know, from your guard service of never leaving anybody behind. I think that's absolutely brilliant as yeah. a way of describing democracy. Yeah. Love it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you. And uh, and pass it on to the Democrats because I okay. try, I, I call them, I, I tell them, you know, but um, I hope they listen. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Okay. I'll see Bye. you soon. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Tom Hartman, the amazing. Where am I? Did I did I just shut the show down? Where am I? Who am I? Oh, boom! Why can't I get myself back here? What's going on here? Go away. Okay, great. I don't know. Let Tom talk. He wasn't talking. I felt like. W am I wrong? I did let him talk. I felt like he was uh, he was just waiting for me to talk. Am I wrong? He was kind of quiet. I think that when he comes on the show, he's he's tired. Like it's a long day. <laughs> he's had a whole day of doing interviews and being on the show. I mean, and being on other people's shows. I feel like he's he's a little bit like low key. Let Tom talk. I thought I did better letting him talk this time. Right?
Some people need questions. A simple, what do you think would suffice? I did that. What do you think I said in the beginning? He did look tired. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I'm trying here. I try. You got to watch the beginning. He did talk. He talked, he talked real good in the beginning. And then he kind of like got tired, it felt like. Am I wrong? Hello? Mm. I don't know. It was better this time, Jim says. <laughs> you suck. Oh. <laughs> I'm only kidding. It was better. That's not good. That's not a good... Um, oh, well, whatever. Maybe I shouldn't interview people. Maybe I shouldn't do a show. Maybe I'll quit. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Fuck it, shit. I'm sitting here talking, and then he's he's not talking. That's why I... The first half was great. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Says Jim. The first half was great. What about the second half? What about... Son of a bastards. I don't know. He, he was tired. He looked tired. He wasn't saying anything at times. I, I swear. And that's why I was like, what do you think? In the beginning, I actually wrote down questions. I asked him the questions. I read the book. I did the research. I asked everything. And then, I don't know. Now I'm feeling very criticized. And I need to call my shrink. Goodbye. No, I'm just kidding. The second half was great. Oh, that's a good, that's good. And the first half was great. <laughs> what the friggin' frig? He didn't seem engaged. Yes. Right. Right. I feel you. He fe it felt like he was tired. And not, you know, he wasn't helping me. And trust me, I've, he's, I've seen other interviews. He's a little bit more, what do you call it? A little bit more enthused. And then he, he just seemed tired. He's tired. What are you going to do? He's, look at him. He writes a book a minute. He has a show. He writes a book a minute. He gets up early and does interviews. I don't know. Whatever. I can't win. You know what I mean? You just can't win in this world. Why even bother? Hmm. Uh, yes. I don't like it. Well, inter... But, hey, Paradu says, I don't... I know I personally don't like to interrupt. I wasn't monopolizing. I was like, what do you think? Boom. And then I'd ask him a question. <clears throat> what? And I'd ask him blah, blah, blah. 
<clears throat> and then I'd wait for the answer and he'd talk and then I'd ask him another question and then he just fucking like fizzled out what are you gonna do man well well I'm not even gonna bother anymore how's that you can't win in this life <laughs> so why try why try why try you see nobody cares about this show and nobody cares about me I'm gonna run off in four hours difference yes it's true what time is it that yeah it's only 5 30 but he's tired yeah you're right shouldn't be this tired maybe it was me maybe it was I don't know how bad was it it's not bad I hope he's not watching right now he's probably not probably passed out <laughs> as soon as the show is always like boom damn it i hope i hope he i just wanted to that's why at the end i just wanted to give him the um you know the talking points that we're trying to get out there i could have gave him given him some more talking points but he looked like he was and plus he was like excuse me guys he was fucking looking at his watch okay did you notice that and then he was he he was talking to somebody off screen <laughs> i'm not crazy he was like like that and I'm, that's fine you could talk to somebody off screen I'm cool with it, but you know, just well, what are you saying? What's happening? Who's that? Is that Louise? Put her head in. I don't know. Oh well, guess I I fucked up again. Well, it didn't. Yeah, Paradise. I know that pissed you. It didn't piss me off. I felt on. I felt stupid. I felt like, what are you saying? Who are you talking to? Like. You talk, are you, and he said, I'm talking to you, but he was like going like this. Right, he was. I know. It's okay if he was. I wasn't being critical. Yes, it was, yeah. Luther says, probably his wife. I, yeah, no biggie. She just sort of said, I'm, yeah, Louise is here. It's okay. I don't know. I hope he's not watching now as we do the after action review. Oh, well, as long as he passes on um, our talking points to the Democrats and they start using them, we might have a shot. Because that's really what it's about. We're trying to make this world a better place. I'm not doing this for my health. Look at me. I'm only 22 years old. Look at it. It's like I w I'm only kidding. <laughs> and I look like shit. That's the joke. All right. Everybody stop it. Right. That's what everybody in the chat room is saying. Stop it. Leave it. All right. I will. I'm trying to share my whatever. Oh. Makes me want to not even try. <laughs> Why do I try? Anybody know? Why was I born? Does anybody know why I was born? Oh, wait. 
All right. I know. Right. Repubs have no souls. Let's talk about that. All right. You got it. How long was he on the air? He was, he was on the air for like a fucking hour. That was a not, I mean, that was a long time. That was good. <clears throat> and I appreciate it. All right. Oh, God. I'm looking at myself. Now I'm being overly critical of me, looking at me. And it's not good. Oh, boy. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out, everybody. I'm not, this isn't the end of the show. I'm just saying, thanks for hanging out. I'm checking in with you. And thank you, River, for your super chat. Always a pleasure to be here. Thank you, River. I appreciate it. No care for cats, says Jim. He had some care. He's got a cat. Is that, are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know, man. Why was I born? Thank you, River. Tara, River says, Tara, you're a beast in a good way. Oh, good. Good, good. <sighs> Fuck. I can't win. I just can't win. Why, why do I even try? Okay, why I keep saying that? I got to call my shrink. That's my, that's the conversation I'll sh save for him. <laughs> Trust me. I will be saying that to him. Why do I even try? Because that's pretty much what I say every time I talk to him. Why do I even fucking bother? What am I doing? I gotta be nuts. Why don't I go sit on a cliff somewhere in, in Ireland? Why not? I don't know. I bet you all of the 90% of the other people who interview him didn't read the book. Okay? But I did. All right. Uh, who cares? Why was I born? Who cares? All right. What do we want to talk about? I had other things on my list. And I was visualizing... I was. I was visualizing a great interview. See how good that shit does. No, it was good. I thought it was good. Well, no, I'm only saying that. <laughs> ah. Okay, where are we? Let's see. You know what I wanted to talk about? I mean, there's so many things. And, yeah... I didn't like what, well, I mean, it's not that it wasn't his fault, of course, but when he was saying that if, I mean, because I agree, I said, if, I, if the Republicans get power in 2024, we're in for, we're in for it. And for somebody like him, who's really, you know, he is an optimist, uh, to say that, it's, damn, that actually made... Well, I know. I do listen to his show, so... He does talk about that on his show. But to hear it again, it's alarming. 
you want to be lulled into a false sense of security sometime. Anyway, what do you think about what I said about uh, the Br Brutus and the Roman Republic? <clears throat> That's what I think. The Democrats are like Brutus. They think that we're fighting for Look, look, uh, look at, like, Adam Schiff, who's great, but, you know, his, that's his personality. He's very low-key, except he did, you know, he gave a great speech at the end of Trump's, was it his, no, his first impeachment, of course. But, you know, there's not passion behind it, it seems, most of the time. Like, even in the impeachment trial, Republicans are... They, it's like they are, uh, the Democrats are, oh, they're almost loathed to call the Republicans fascists and to call them out for what they are, which is really annoying because you don't, you know, this is what we get. We're in this, we're at this point because the Democrats just don't bring a gun to a gun battle. They bring a strongly worded email or, or Nancy Pelosi will beg for, for Republicans to take back their party because they've done so much good. And they've done nothing good. Not a thing. Not, not a nothing. That's right. Jim on the chat says, I think no one left behind is a better message for Dems. Exactly. Not it's fair. It's, yeah, that's true, too. It's fair. Pay your fair share. Because, you know, fair is all subjective. And then the Republicans, what do they say? They, they'll counter with, well, you're, that's not your money or whatever. Yeah, this is what they say. You, that billionaires should be billionaires because they earned it. And who are we to say what's fair? Who are we to take it from them? Because they earned it. Even though uh, they earned it on our backs and, uh, and because of a rigged system. So, no. We don't leave anybody behind. How do you how do you battle that? What what's the counter to that? Yes, we do. You what are you going to say? I've had in fact when I spoke to AOC on and I I made a little video about it on this show. Not on the show. I spoke to her as a constituent and I recorded it on her. Well, you know, wasn't I was wasn't doing it secretly. And I said that, you know, we, the, uh, as far as universal health care and taxing the rich and all of that, living wages, retirement security, all of that is, it's not just nice and fair. It's a patriotic imperative. And that's how it has to be messaged, you know. It's a patriotic imperative because you can't have democracy and concentrated wealth at the same time. Boom. Boom-bidded boom. 
You know, Joe Biden's out there. I'm a capitalist. I, I'm lo- I love capitalism, but pay your fair share. That doesn't, what does that say? First of all, it says that the system is fine or democracy is fine, but we're, um, you know, just pay your fair share. No. What you have to say is democracy is on the ropes because you can't have democracy and concentrated wealth at the same time. Boom, boom. And we have traitors. There are traitors all over the place. And the message is um, being washed out. People don't even agree. You can't have a democratic republic when you don't even agree on reality. And you don't even agree what a democratic republic is. What's the point of a democratic republic? Freedom. Well, what does that mean? The freedom to die in the streets, right? The freedom to... And that's what Republicans will say. They will say, yeah, you're free. You're free to die. Like when that woman... There was a story about one of a woman who had cancer. And she's calling her Republican representative because he's destroying democracy. Well, he's destroying Obamacare. And she said, well, I I can't get insurance because you fuckers or whatever. And then he said to her, the, 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 the fascist who answered the phone was like, well, you know, if, you, I, if, if I can't afford a, uh, a, a tailored Italian shirt or whatever the hell he said, I won't get it. I won't buy it. So if you, so that's, what, what? It's not about, what do you mean? Like, you know, you're dying. I need medical care. It's not about whether I can buy, afford a shirt, a nice fancy shirt. You know what I mean? But Republicans say that. They think that that is freedom. No, it's not. It's, it's actually oppression. And it's not democracy. So, you know, because we love democracy, that's the way it is. You don't leave anybody behind. We don't leave them behind in ignorance. We don't leave them behind in sickness. We don't leave them behind in homelessness. That's freedom. You know, we're in this together. When you get a big bully like Putin... Just just make imagine he's the bully that came from another neighborhood and he starts beating you up in the street. Well, that bully might get in a few good punches, but if the rest of the neighborhood comes out and says, we're in this together, that bully's going to have uh, he's going to have a fight on his hands and he might just lose. Because people have to stick together. That's what freedom is. That's democracy. We're in this together. That's democracy. Anyway, whatever. Who, what do I know? 
free to die in a fire after canceling the fire department because taxes are slavery. Right. Exactly. Well, that's the way it was in the Roman Republic before it fell to the Roman Empire. Well, you know, we've talked about this on the show, actually. The Roman, um, well, Rome was a fire trap. And, oh, what, how did we bring that up? It was because, oh, yeah, we were talking about Cassius. And I was saying how I hoped Trump would die a similar death. And how, and, oh, how did Cassius die? Marcus Lucinius Cassius. He tried to invade Parthia because he, he didn't like that Caesar was getting all the glory. You know, Caesar had this successful invasion of Gaul. That's, that's why he um, was actually charged by the Senate, because he invaded Gaul without their permission. You know, it's like somebody with a private army invading. Well, they were, you know what I mean? This is uh, everything. There's so many parallels. But, uh, yeah. But we don't know history, so how will we spot the parallels? These people are like, go to business school. That's the only thing that matters. Figure out some algorithm to steal people's money. But, yeah, so he wanted to go invade Parthia to show, you know, show them he's got the, he's got, what do they call Dignitas. He's got the Dignitas, too. And he, he lost spectacularly, terribly. In fact, his son was decapitated, and the Parthians threw the, his son's head at him because they were apparently good at riding horses. They could, they could ride and shoot arrows going forward and also from behind so they could turn around and shoot as the horse was going in the other direction. And uh, they never... And what's his name? Oh, yeah, Cassius thought he would out... He would wait, he would wait them out they would have to run out of arrows eventually, but they didn't because they had a system of continuously bringing arrows like on an assembly line type thing. And he's like, holy shit, these arrows don't ever stop. And then they got him. So they killed his son and he was already demoralized and everyone was like this is a shit show, and they, he, he lost. They, he was captured, and they executed him by pouring molten gold down his throat, because he was renowned for being, uh, for his greed, for being the greed. Well, he's the richest man in Rome, but also a, a greedy mother mofo. And that's how it is. Yeah, all right. The Romans were the first mafioso. Oh, yeah. Well, I, you know what I was thinking about today? As far as the Romans were concerned, I was thinking about that people don't, you know, there's a lot of, we talk about it on the show, the end of the Roman Republic, the, the beginning of the empire, but there were 500-year history before that. 
And the reason why it's so fascinating to me, especially in comparison, well, in parallel to what we're dealing with now, because people don't ever change, that's for sure. But it's, and also a warning for us, because the Romans took a, they took oath. It was part of their psyche that no king shall rule Rome. And they, that was part, you know, of their, the Roman consciousness for 500 years. And here we are, less than 250 years into this debacle, and we're, or we're swirling the bowl. Autocracy is, is rearing its head. And of course, it always rears its head as, it doesn't rear its head as autocracy. It comes disguised as, as the Republic. Just like, just like, uh, that's the way Caesar did it. That's, well, Augustus learned his lesson. And, and we've talked about that on the show, too. That's Trump. Trump, even though Caesar was, you know, Trump, please, is nowhere near what Caesar was. Because Caesar was, uh, he, he won, he's not, he wasn't a, a, you know, a douchebag as Trump is. But he... He wasn't a fraud in, in many ways because he was renowned for fighting in the thick of it with his troops. He was, that's why he won their loyalty to the point where they crossed the Rubicon and became rebels. <laughs> so, anyway. But Trump, so Caesar was assassinated because, for you know, many reasons, one of which was that he didn't give enough um, deference to the Senate. Part of uh, the reason they rose up, not just the, the oath that they took about no king shall rule Rome or whatever, it was, he was walking around uh, ostentatiously. He, instead of, because he used to have two consuls chair, he put a, he basically put a throne, put a golden chair. Because they were so, they were so afraid of one man rule that they had to constantly share power. So there, was, there were always two consuls and they can only last a year. And there were so many rules about it. Like it could, had to be a certain age and you had to do, you know, whatever it might be. But those rules started to fall by the wayside. And just like here, you know, crossing or violating norms. It's not violating norms. It's you're killing. You're killing the Republic. And what else did he do? There are a few. Oh, he was. He didn't stand up at one time. Oh, and the the Senate were they were bestowing him. They couldn't help but trip over each other, bestowing all kinds of honors upon him because they were such. It's like Republicans and Trump. Really, 
they were like, oh, we're going to make you this and that, and we're going to give you this honor. And that's Republicans and Trump. And then what did, so one of the reasons they cite was that when the senators came to him, he was, he was uh, working on or supervising some building project. And they came to him, to Caesar, to tell him, oh, guess what? We just all voted that you're the greatest, bestest or whatever. We're going to give you this honor and that honor. And he didn't even rise from his chair, which is something that was considered disrespectful. And they were like, can you believe that? Of course, different Roman writers say there were one of the reasons he didn't rise from his chair. One of the, I think it was one of the famous historians, Suetonius, I can't remember, said that he didn't get up because he actually was having a bout of diarrhea. <laughs> That's actually in the writing. Isn't that funny? Ow, almost fell. And, um, yeah, so he was excusing it. Well, he, he didn't want to get up because it would have been worse. He would have had, they would have been insulted worse to see the diarrhea. And, um, so that's part of why they, they assassinated him because he was, he just didn't know how to contain him, his disdain for the Senate. And then the next uh, autocrat, wannabe autocrat, uh, Octavian, soon to be Augustus, Augustus, all of the honors he, that they all came from the Senate. The Senate bestowed the Augustus moniker on him, and but he learned his lesson. Don't ever. You know, play the game better. He learned the lesson of Caesar. And he wouldn't... He would be respectful to the senators. And he he was he would not uh, sit in a throne. He lived a more austere life, in a way. Even though, you know... He... Uh, that was part of his whole branding he was going to prove or show model model a perfect a perfect roman yeah eat right not too much don't be don't be excessive right junior that's what i'm afraid of with republicans you know you got trump then but you know he's the, he's vile and disgusting so um, the next fascist will know how to play the game better. Look at this cat, by the way. He just, look, watch. Can I have your paw? <laughs> I told you. I told you he gives paw. He gives good paw. Look, come on. Give me your paw. Can I have your paw, please? Paw, paw. Paw, paw, paw. See? He did it again. That's not a fluke. 
because I trained him. I done did train him up real good. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Oh, my God, though. All right, let's talk about... What do you want to talk about? I'm very... I don't know what tonight. I'm having mixed emotions about the interview and the response. And also... My, me. Me. I'm feeling kind of weird. Look at this cat. Give me this. See? Did I not tell you? He gives his paw. <laughs> You're the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> uh, all right. You want to see it again? Just to prove my point? Come on. Paw. Give me a paw. Paw, paw. 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 I want that paw. You hear me? Paw. All right. Now you're embarrassing me. Paw. All right. This show is going to hell. This show is going to hell in a handbasket. Pawness. I need the paw. Give me a paw. I need this paw. <laughs> All right. Whatever. Look, he's doing it again. Watch. See? Yeah. That was a tease, though. Come on, pawness. Give me the paw. Come on. Give it to me. Now. Not the head. The paw. Give me that paw. Give me that paw, and I don't care. Give me that paw, and I don't care. Give me that paw, and I don't care. Give me that paw. All right. Now you're being defiant. All right, everybody. You can all just give send me private notes about um, whether the show sucks or not. No, I'm just kidding. I never say that. Whatever. Whatever. All right. I don't even. I'm just trying to decide what are we going to talk about for the next half hour or so. I need to go to bed. I think I need to get unconscious soon. So, because I'm exhausted from life. Come on, kid. You d uh, see, this is the kind of show we should be having all uh, at all times. Can I ha see? I need the paw. <laughs> I thought maybe if I explained it to him better. Can I have it? Give me that paw. Give it to me. No. Can I have? Give me your paw. That's why maybe I have to say it like that. Give me your paw. Give me your paw. All right. Forget it. Set it and forget it. Give me the paw. He's doing it again. Every time I change the camera, I think he gets a little weird when my hand's above his head. He doesn't know. Give me that paw. Give me that paw. Give me the paw. There you go. There you go. Yes, you're good. You did it. You did it. You did it. You did it. My baby. <laughs> You're great. Thank you, Sin City. The show's always great or good. I, I made it great. Just change the word there. Yes. All right. Now he's going to start screaming in my face. 
and I don't like I don't like the screaming in the face part though. I like the paw part. I don't like the screaming in the face. I'm gonna have to put him in the bedroom, right? I'm gonna put you in the bedroom. I don't like the staring either. Look at the staring. <laughs> I don't like you staring at me. I had a few things on deck. All right, let me. I'm not focused clearly, because I don't know. You know why? Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're so. F thank you, JD. JD pops in with a super chat. Even though the show's, what's going on? The show is. I'm 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 delirious basically. All right, let me see. Um, let's play this video. I wanted because Tucker Carlson is a traitor. Will I play this? Let's see. I might have to run and put J Junior in the bedroom. Ah, oh. you say. All right, let me play this. This is t see Tucker Carlson is a traitor. And um, just like on January 6th, when I thought that would be the end of the Republicans, not, at least their bullshit would be exposed and it might, and the American people would wake up to the danger of fascism and everything we've been screaming about on the show. I, um, of course, was very sadly disappointed. But now they're doing the same thing as far as their long history of um, Putin love. Praising Putin as a genius and savvy and the greatest and we're killers too. And you think we're so, what did Trump say? Oh, you think we're so innocent? We're killers too. Now you tell me. As you know, who, who, if, if any Democrat had said anything close to that, well, what do you think the response would be from the Republicans? That's how you know they don't have the best interests of the American people at heart. Like, like uh, I was saying to Tom while he was falling asleep, that uh, what? Uh, it's malpractice. You're in a position of authority, ultimately, ideally, as a representative of the people. You don't use your power to to make people afraid needlessly or to, you know, lie to them. All right, Junior, come on. He's getting nuts now. So, so anyway, so it's, I'm going to, I'm going to put him in the bedroom as soon as I play this, but so Tucker Carlson is, uh, I guess he's being, he's getting embarrassed or I don't know. No, he's, he's gaslighting his, the, the his victims. They're not viewers, they're victims. He's gaslighting them into thinking that he never he wasn't the one sitting there saying, why should I side with Ukraine? Why shouldn't I side with Putin? Uh, because I do. 
Why shouldn't I want... That's what he said. Why shouldn't I want Putin to win? Because I do. Why? Why? Maybe because when you say things like no war in Russia, they, they immediately transfer you to the gulag. That you can't even get the words out when the army of thugs drag you away. That's why. Sort of like when you talk about, I guess, critical race theory now, right? Or if you're trans, banning trans, right? No trans, ban transgender. That's what they, uh, the, the poor put upon conservatives. The college conservatives were, were, were oppressed by the liberals. And all they did was didn't like their conservative views that said ban a section of humanity. Ban. Ban some people. Just ban from people from being, just even being born. Ban them from living. That's the conservative view. But now, well, anyway, uh, Tucker is gaslighting, of course, his D- the dumbasses stupid enough to watch him and believe him into th- saying he's he's saying why would they even say this that I'm a traitor there and then he was playing clips of other corporate media pundits calling him a traitor oh junior junior just hopped down where'd you go honey Oh, whatever. Leave him. Leave him. Why don't I let Tucker speak for himself? Here we go. Here's Tucker claiming he's not a traitor because Romney said um, Black Lives Matter. This is the, here it is. Happy Monday. Here's something we just saw. I wish we brought it to you earlier. Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, of course, gave an interview recently that didn't get enough attention in this country. Zelensky, needless to say, is currently engaged in a desperate fight for his country, his government, his life. And he has been since the Russian military invaded Ukraine nearly three weeks ago. So you can assume there's not a lot Zelensky thinks about at this point, apart from getting the Russians off of Ukrainian soil. So last week, Zelensky floated the idea of accepting so-called Ukrainian neutrality, agreeing not to join NATO in exchange for that, he would get a Russian withdrawal from Ukraine. Now, there's nothing inherently controversial about Zelensky's idea. Ukraine was not on the cusp of joining NATO anyway. NATO officials have long said they don't want Ukraine to join. It's not clear whose interests would be served by Ukraine joining NATO. So if accepting the status quo, going with the way things already were and were always going to be, if doing that convinces Putin to stop killing Ukrainians and spares Ukraine from total and complete destruction, Maybe it's not a crazy idea. Maybe Zelensky is on to something. He certainly thought about it a lot. Oops, sorry. I hit the wrong... Congratulate oh, Zelensky no. for acting wisely on behalf of the country he leads. This could be a win for him and for the entire world. What the hell? Probably not a lot of American media outlets will describe it that way, however. Indeed, by mentioning NATO, a topic that is completely off-limits in American media, Zelensky may have gone too far. 
daily in every possible venue, we are told that NATO is paradoxically both of its central importance to the United States and at the same time irrelevant to what happens in Eastern Europe. So years of talk about expanding NATO into Ukraine, we've watched those happen in public. Hold on, guys. I'm sorry. I don't have any control over the video for some reason. I don't know why, but I'm just warning you. That's why I'm not interrupting him <laughs> as I usually do. Fucking ecam, probably in some form or another. But let me. And I don't. Something is wrong with my ecam. So let's keep going. Had nothing whatsoever to do with Russia invading Ukraine. Nothing at all. That's what they tell us. Putin invaded Ukraine because he's bad. End of conversation. And anyone who says otherwise, anyone who suggests there might be a way out of this disaster short of total war, anyone who says that... Shut up. You see? Anyone who says... You see, he's presenting himself as some kind of peace, Nick. That's why he, he's um, a Putin puppet. Right? Anyone who says anything otherwise that there might be some legitimate reason why Putin would invade, what's the legitimate reason? What business is it of his whether Ukraine joins NATO? That's none of his business. That's a, that's a sovereign nation. What do you give a shit? Jesus Christ. But anybody who says anything different is uh, apparently a traitor. That's what they say. Who's they? Anyone with a brain? Anyone who's not a traitor. Oh, yeah. That's what they say. But they're telling me. They're telling you I'm a traitor. Me, not me. Me, Tucker Carlson. A traitor? Me? Because I say I want Putin to win, and what's the big deal, and who cares, and why do we care, and why do we care about Ukraine? Because you guess what, guys? You know it. If Trump was the so-called president, despite receiving fewer votes again, he would, he would have taken this country out of NATO already. It, that's why Putin didn't invade they keep saying, why didn't he invade when uh, he was afraid? All of that, giving Putin everything he ever dreamed of, was um, like playing judo, not playing, but doing judo, judo on the on the scumbag. Mm -hmm. What the heck? Don't ask. See, oh my God. Fucking ecam is it is the ecam again is giving me a problem. You see everything's what happened to ecam? Where is it? I don't know where it is now. I don't have control over anything. I can't even get back to the other screen. See, oh here we go. I'm trying to do this, move that, put that there, let's try this, 
Tonight, happy Monday. Here's something we just saw. I, now it's the beginning earlier. again. Vladimir Christ. Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, of course, gave an interview recently that didn't get enough. Fuck, I'm sorry. We'll get back. Here we go. In this country, Zelensky, needless to say, is currently engaged in a desperate fight for his country, his government, his life. And he has like been you since give the Russian crap. military invaded Ukraine nearly three weeks ago. So you can assume there's not a lot Zelensky thinks about at this point, apart oh, from getting the care. Russians off of Ukrainian soil. Oh, yes. So last week, Zelensky floated the idea of accepting so-called Ukrainian neutrality, agreeing not to join NATO. In exchange for that, he would get a Russian withdrawal from Ukraine. Yeah, bullshit. Now, there's nothing inherently controversial about Zelensky's idea. Ukraine was not on the cusp of joining NATO anyway. NATO officials have long said they don't want Ukraine to join. It's not clear whose interests would be served by Ukraine joining Shut NATO. Shut the fuck up. So if accepting the status quo, going with the way things already were and were always going to be, if doing always that going to, be. to stop killing Ukrainians and spares Ukraine from total and complete destruction, Maybe it's not a crazy idea. Maybe Zelensky is on to something. He certainly thought about it a lot. Maybe we ought to congratulate Zelensky for acting wisely on behalf of the country he leads. This Shut could be a up. for him and for the entire world. Oh, yes, because that's what you care about, right? Chicken killer. Describe it that way, however. Indeed, by mentioning NATO, a topic that is completely off limits in American media, Zelensky may have gone yeah, too bitch. far. Daily, in every possible NATO's venue, good. we're told that NATO is, paradoxically, both of its central importance to the United States yeah. and, at the same time, irrelevant to what happens in Eastern Europe. Oh, so years of talk about wow, expanding NATO into deep. Ukraine, and we've watched those happen in public, that had nothing whatsoever to do with Russia invading Ukraine. Nothing at all. That's what they tell us. Who's they? they? Invade Ukraine because he's bad. End of conversation. Yeah, bitch. And anyone who says otherwise, anyone who suggests there might be a way out of this disaster. No, is that what you're doing war, as you're, as you're filleting that, him? Denounced as a tool of Russian propaganda. Yeah. Oh, because that's so what, what you're that doing, right? It means that by acknowledging that NATO expansion is what Putin seems to care about most. No. Zelensky is by definition, at least in this country, repeating Russian talking points. What? That would make the oh, president of Ukraine I love the inflection. collaborator. Yeah, you're a. F oh. Sound insane? Oh, yeah. You can still think. It through. sounds like bullshit. Well, that's the state of play. How do we know this? Let's just say we've lived it. Oh, you poor we've baby. We've made the point repeatedly that forcing Ukraine into oh, NATO, you're the victim. In no way serve the interests of the United States, and in fact could hurt us here really? in ways from which we will never recover. <laughs> and by the way, talking about it doesn't seem to have helped Ukraine. Wow. Either. For saying that, and that's all we've said. Here's the reaction we've received. And this is just a small selection. We could do a full hour on it, but here's a clip. What seems to be almost the full hour. wing of the Republican <laughs> Party, uh, which, which to be fair, is not highly, not prevalent much on Capitol Hill, but we've seen Tucker Carlson, yeah. uh, you know, the, oh. uh, basically repeat Russian propaganda night after night. What the hell is going on? Well, first of all, before they fell in love with Putin, they fell in love with Orban and Hungary. Make America great again meant let's make America more like Hungary. And the most popular Republican broadcaster in America, Tucker Carlson, are both unabashed fans of Putin. And there are very few Republicans out there like Mitt Romney or Liz Cheney who have the courage to call them out. This is a disgrace. How anybody in this country which loves freedom can side with Vladimir Putin, which is an oppressor, a dictator. He kills people. 
Uh, he, 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 he imprisons his political opponents. Uh, he has been an adversary of America at every uh, chance he's had. It, it's unthinkable to be. It's, it's almost treasonous. Ooh, almost treasonous. Siding with Putin. Who's siding with Putin? I haven't seen anybody do that. You I've are. A few people try to side with the United States. And oh. that, says Mitt Romney, a man who got four deferments to keep himself out of the Vietnam War, that is almost treasonous. What's so interesting, we don't want to pick on Mitt Romney here. It's too easy. How many deferments did you get, like chicken boy? That the very same people who spent the last, say, two years telling us that this country, our country, right, is inherently go. sinful, yeah. and racist, oh, and disgusting, there it is. born in iniquity. Those same people, the ones who lecture you about how there's something inherently wrong with you if you live here, were born here. No, that's not what we're saying. The very quickest, the very first to whip around and accuse whip anyone around. who wants somebody to save the United you. States from yet another pointless war, pointless. a war they would never Not fight in their children, accuse those people of being unpatriotic. Yeah, we bitch. don't love America enough. No, you don't love America at all. America is racist. Can you believe exactly? this? We're not sure, but in case you've forgotten, here's the very same oh, here we go. marching with the very same people who told us that this is a white supremacist hellhole. By the way, we've got to do away with the nuclear family. That's never done anybody any good. Here he is. Who said that? And violence and brutality and to make sure that people understand that Black Lives Matter. So, okay, it's just Mitt Romney. Never a genius, obviously deep in the grip of some late life crisis, licking his wounds for being beaten by Obama in 2012. Wow. Okay. Yes, that's, that must Mitt be Romney. it. Imagine how you would feel if you were a business owner in Kenosha or Minneapolis or Atlanta. Oh, okay. Or Here we go. Black Lives Matter who, again. I don't know. Used to go to St. John's Church in Washington, D.C. or someone who works in the federal courthouse in Portland, Oregon before BLM torched all of it. Really? Wait, I don't know where these people live. to knowing that your leaders don't really care about you. But when they reveal that they actively hate you. No, we actively hate you. That's hard to take. Tucker. Mitt Romney is debasing himself, degrading this? himself in order to be liked in Washington. Yeah, we've seen that, of course. But it's deeper than that. Needless to say, the people Mitt Romney wants to like him, his new masters, were not satisfied with him marching with BLM or denouncing his critics as oh. almost treasonous. They want more. You're not just almost satisfied until every Republican in the U.S. Senate is wholly indistinguishable from Chris Hayes. And they're getting pretty close. You see, uh, can you believe that mishmash of racism, of treason, of gaslighting, and uh, obvious uh, lack of, I don't even know. I mean, it's, so here, let me try to wrap my brain around it. He's, Tucker saying anybody calling him a traitor is is uh hates america are the ones who actually hate america because like mitt romney they said black lives matter and and black lives matter uh torched a church in kenosha but does is that right am i, am I uh getting it right here that's the reasoning. So, no, Tucker's not a traitor, even though he's uh, he's spent, I don't know how long, sucking on Putin's taint. 
and literally spewing Russian talking points and to the point where they're playing clips of Tucker Carlson on Russian propaganda television. Honey, if somebody is playing your clips on an auto and, and that, let's not even you know okay yeah he he's being played on he's he's tuckio rose there the, the, what's the difference between him and tuckio rose and tokyo rose what's the difference between tuckio rose and tokyo rose there is none they're both traitors spewing the talking points of our enemies of the enemies of democracy. What's the difference? But Black Lives Matter. Oh. And and uh, everybody who says Black Lives Matter really thinks that America was born in iniquity. That we're inherently evil. That the, that the country's inherently evil, born in a nick. No, that's not what anybody's saying. I hate them. You understand? Well, that's what I'm saying. I hate them. But this is why we have to get the message back. Because when, first of all, these people are racist, obviously. That's what they go to. Even to deflect from his own treason they can't see the treason through their own racism and tucker knows that because tucker's a traitor but we can't listen to mitt romney mitt romney says that anybody who's spewing russian talking points is almost treasonous but don't listen to him because he got four deferments and would never fight in the Vietnam War, so and also said Black Lives Matter. Does that make any sense? No, it does to a bunch of racists and traitors looking for any excuse. It's like they have. It's they're they're in a, a they're. It's like a path pathology, like. Addiction, you know, like when I was in the grips of active addiction, I used to tell myself all kinds of bullshit to keep myself sick. Not that I realized it at the time, but it was the disease talking. I don't know what's talking here, Tucker. It's the greed talking, I guess. And also his fear, too, because he was born on third base thinking he hit a triple. He is a disgusting, in, uh, uh, disgusting, white-privileged, pasty-faced scumbag in the, uh, lo- looking down on us from the ivory tower. He's, he's horrible because he, instead of use, talk about not being able to look at yourself, I mean, Instead of l- using your position, you know, having some gratitude. What, where's the no noblesse oblige, right? There's none of that. None of that. Oh, wow. Aren't I lucky to have been born on third base? That I have an obligation to maybe try to make the world a better place. Use my position not to tickle racist funny bones and spread the talking points of autocrats, because Putin's not alone. He's not the only one. He's doing his show from an autocrat's lap. 
right? I mean, that's uh, why. Why would you do that? If you love America, you hate America. The only see they hate America so much. That's why he needs to redefine what it means to be an American. What it means. What it, what America is. What the grand experiment in liberal democracy is. Was it born in iniquity? It was no. It was a product of its time the liberal age of enlightenment and the contradictions of white privileged people being able to form a government of by and for the people while owning other human beings. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the complexity of the human condition. The denial. And they were products of their time. But we're also products of our time. So we don't have any excuses now. Because we know better. We know that black lives matter. And we know that when we, if all lives actually mattered, we wouldn't have to say it. And we know that if we want a functioning democratic republic, a multiracial democratic republic birthed in the liberal age of enlightenment, then we have to have that reconciliation where we recognize the contradictions and the hypocrisies and try to do something about it. That was, that was affirmative action. You know, you, so Republicans hate any attempt to move forward. But affirmative action was um, sincere. You know, people who passed affirmative action laws, they sincerely believed that we would have a more perfect union when people got to know each other better. And that's what, that's what it would take. All we had to do was go to school together, live together, and we would have a you know we would have that more perfect union, and race, race, racial problems would fall by the wayside. But as time went on, even though some things got better the the um the truth to anybody who isn't a scumbag became clearer that oh okay it's not just people it's also the system so it doesn't matter if you go to school with uh, all different pigments if the system is corrupted by the the racist Laws. I mean, of course, this country had racist laws. What was redlining? What was the the New Deal that only extended to white pigment? Not that. Yeah, I mean, not just the New Deal. The GI Bill. You know, I mean, that's not racist. When you, if you had white pigment, you could use your GI Bill to buy a home. But if you had darker pigment, you couldn't. So that's racist, you goddamn stinking traitor. And the fact that you 
you don't want to talk about it means that not only do you hate America, you, you're trying to destroy it. That's what they're doing. Because in order to have that functioning, constitutionally limited, democratic, multiracial republic that works for all, we, that's what we need. We need to have the truth and reconciliation. We need to have people understand that. That we're, we're in this together, regardless of pigment. But, you know, Republicans, it's, it's a con. They, want, they don't like democracy, guys. We know that. Tucker Carlson doesn't like democracy. Even though he was born on... He's a, he's a goddamn... Little, he's little Lord Fauntleroy. That asshole. That's what he is. The heir to the chicken. Friggin' Swanson chicken friggin' murderers. And you know that every chicken that ever died to make a Swanson dinner had more value than any, uh, any Tucker Carlson could ever muster. Those poor chickens. But that's what he does. He's a scumbag. Little pasty-faced, puffy scumbag. Little, little Lord Fauntleroy telling everybody else that, oh, um, don't, you know, he's not, nothing wrong with the system. He's not, he earned everything? He, he did it himself. He earned it all. So he gets to sit there and fill the heads of fascists and white, well, they're all the same, white nationalists, um, little well, racists, small-hearted little racists who lack the maturity to look at themselves, of course, because, what's his name? Uh, Romney said Black Lives Matter. Can you believe that? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course we can believe it. That's all they got. But we have your the words that come out of your mouth, Tucker. And every time he says, they, they say, uh, they play a clip, and they'll say, oh, I was only kidding. Like, when Trump was like, Putin's a genius. He's savvy, a savvy genius. Really, so savvy to bomb hospitals, to kill pregnant women and baby. Right, they love they love life, Republicans. Please. I'm so tired. Aren't you tired of these horrible people constantly with their big ass mouths? They might as well just move. Move to an autocracy. Why do you want to make this country an autocracy? It's a lot of work to do that. And I know you don't want to work, Tucker, because you were handed everything in life. Now, I know for a fact, I mean, 
I wasn't handed anything. My mother was a nun and my father was a garbage man. So I don't know what I was handed. But um, if I were handed a fortune, I know I would not be sitting there using my power and privilege to confuse people, to confuse racists, to make, to, to, uh, what do you call it? To capitalize on racism and keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it stirred up. Right. Everyone on the chat, people are saying, I'm tired too. Terry Taylor, I'm so tired, Tara. Paradu, been tired. It is, t- it's exhausting. That's the other thing. It is tiring. And then people say, a lot of, in fact, I was talking to another friend of mine the other day, my friend Michael, and he was like saying that people are sharing and talking about, oh, I can't even watch the news. I got to turn it off. And yeah, th- that's part of how everything, uh, democracy dies, frankly, because but that's a tactic you see and republicans are good at it conservatives do it they they and they've done studies and that's part of why uh, one of the reasons conservatives produce negative ads because they know that it will turn people off and they won't they won't vote they won't even they that's part it's a voter suppression tactic which they'll say, oh, I can't. Everybody sucks. So, yeah. Steve on the chat, I'm exhausted. Exactly. It's exhausting because, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. Tucker, you can still be a scumbag chicken heir who... I don't know, goes on dancing with the stars. But why do you want to poison the country with your filthy racism, your filthy fascist racism? So forget the the protests from sea to shining sea, not just people with darker pigment, it's everything was a riot, right? Buildings burned. Seattle's and every this is what they think. These are people that haven't gotten they 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 won't leave their meth labs, but um, I'm telling you, it's they talk about it here. They say, I mean, they, I live in AOC's district that she's my congresswoman. And they, um, on Fox News, were just saying that what a, what a shambles this, this neighborhood is where AOC's neighborhood is like a, a smoldering ruin. <laughs> I live here. It's nice. It's a nice, nice nice little place to live families parks right I'm sure there are some assholes here but give me a break 
So that's the thing. When um, you notice Republicans, this is what they do. They were terrified about the Black Lives Matter movement because it wasn't just people with darker pigment. It was everybody. And they had to turn it into riots. So they went out there and they fomented riots. And they were the ones... They love talking about false flags. That's because they engage in them. When all the filthy fascist racists shooting into police stations, justice for George Floyd, that was a racist. That was one of the Proud Boys got arrested. Umbrella Man, another one, another one of these white nationalist pricks breaking windows. That was... You know, false flag, mother effer. I don't know. Errol Thomas says, are you closer to AOC's home and office? I don't know where she lives. Where the hell do... I don't know. I'm close to... I live in her district. She's my congresswoman. Oh, my. And thank you, Robin M., for your super chat, high five you. Thank you, Robin. I don't know. Why does my... I'm, I'm getting very tired right now. I'm like, maybe it's Tom Hartman is rubbing off. <laughs> he was tired. You know, he's only human. He might be a prolific writer and such. But, you know, he's only human. I know it's only five. It was only 530 there. But maybe he was sick of talking all day. I, 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 he was on other shows today do, talking about the damn book. Not the damn book. You know what I mean? Talking about his book. I didn't mean to put it like that. Maybe. Don't you get tired? I got, I used to do uh, two shows. Not this show. I mean, do some comedy it gets tiring you know you can't bring it you can't constantly bring that level of energy I don't know maybe maybe it's me I guess it is <laughs> maybe I suck but oh well you gotta put up with it that's all It's incredible, though. Here, I want to show you a couple of things before we... Because I'm going to go to bed soon. Because the other thing is, I'm going to tell you a story. Well, whatever. Tomorrow, I have to... I, I have to trap a cat tomorrow morning. He did look tired. Thank you, Jim. For validating me. I don't know. I'm very self-conscious. It's not easy being awesome I'm only kidding I mean being me but I don't know I feel like every time I do an interview I'm like I don't know I gotta get who am I gonna I gotta get Mike Malloy on here he'll be better he won't be tired what was I gonna say oh yeah so I th so you guys know I work not work. I volunteer New York City Feral Cat Initiative. 
trap neuter return and there's a cat that uh, I believe don't know 100% I believe he was dumped and he's kind of friendly I've done, I haven't been able to pet him I don't know him that well somebody else was the one that introduced me to him and um, I think he was dumped because he just acts a little too friendly for a feral cat so we're gonna catch him tomorrow and try to we'll see we'll see if he's a uh, friendly once we get him in a safe space and he he's very cute and hopefully he he's you know he'll tell us what life he wants to live if he's friendly we'll find him a home so I gotta get him tomorrow morning his name is Billy Lily because we thought he was a girl and we named him Lily. Well, somebody named him Lily. And then he's a boy, so they changed his name to Billy to make him not be confused. And then, um, but we already had a Billy that we rescued. So we call him Billy Lily. And he's so cute. He's really cute. I'm going to make a video about him. Try to get somebody to well someone good to adopt him if he's adoptable he's a good little billy lily and uh yeah i don't know how people can dump animals it's really or well people suck that's why they really do I'm just looking for him on my phone. <laughs> I found this. Oh, ow. That's the king. King producer. He doesn't know how good he has it. Where's Billy Lily? Oh, here he is. I'll show you. Let me see. Edit. Boom. Boom. I gotta... I'm tired. Like Tom. Wait a minute. Everybody's tuning out. Become a patron. <laughs> At patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Oh, come on, focus. To keep this show going and growing. This is Billy Lily. Wait, hold on. Stupid camera. God damn it. Come on. Why does everything suck? Look at him. Oops. It's not playing. Wait. There we go. 
Billy Lily. See, I called his name and he came over. That's not what a feral cat will do. And see, he's meowing. He's like, meow, meow. They don't do that. And this is his home. So I was like, where's Billy? Where are you, Billy? There he is. Poor guy, right? Isn't he cute? He's very small. And then he came up. I mean, I only met this cat like four times here. That's going on out of focus now. Come on, Billy. Anyway. <sighs> there you go. Yes, cats only meow for humans. That's right. Yeah, I hope he's I I hope he's uh friendly. I really do because it would break my it will break my heart to have to release him. So, alrighty, all right, whatever. I think I'm gonna go lay down. I'm tired. I'm like fading out. So, yeah, I think we'll have a good chance getting him a home. He's he's cute. He's very cute. He's white with, like like you said, black spots, and uh, he's just very small. That's why we thought he was a female. Yeah. I gotta go. I'm tired. I gotta get up early to get Billy Lily a home. Irene just got here. Irene says, oh, no, I'm late to the party. Well, you can watch the interview with Tom Hartman, and then you can tell me what you think about it. This happens every time. Every time Tom is on the show. Either I sh don't shut up. That was the first time he was on the show. I thought I did better. I wrote down questions. I tried to ask questions. And I waited. But I, you could tell me, Irene, what you think. If he was a little tired or not. Because I think he was. And then I started filling in the gaps, as is my way. Because, you know, it's a talk show. If somebody is not talking, I got to talk. <laughs> and then I did say, what do you think? What do you think? All right, whatever. Who cares? I can't live in... I can't keep going over it. I'm going to have a nightmare about it, probably. Ah... <sighs> In my mind, I always think it's going to be good this time. All right, guys, thank you so much for hanging out. Also, the other thing that's annoying me now is the is the ecam isn't playing movies properly. Hopefully the show doesn't um you know, you got something out of it. That's all I got to say. And well, I think you did. If I do say so myself, I will answer my own questions. All right, kids, listen up. 
I'll let you know how it goes with Billy Lily. Maybe we'll have a show tomorrow. I think I'll probably be a little bit more rested because I have to say I've been uh, not sleeping well. Thank you, Jim. Jim is validating me. Jim says it was good. I I, I thought it was not 100% horrible, but he was he was tired. Okay. And I do, if if I have to say if he uses that um our talking point we don't leave people behind i really think it was worth it then you know because he talks to the well-known democrats that uh have power and i think we that's all we got to do is get the get these the framing out there and I think we will be less frustrated with Democrats if they use our talking points of leaving no one behind, of unapologetic patriotism, being of, of, of progressivism. Progressivism is patriotism. And we don't leave anybody behind. All right. Thank you, Terry. Terry says, you're wonderful, Terry. I, I appreciate that, and I, uh, I think you're wonderful. So... Thank you. And uh, hopefully we'll see maybe tomorrow night. <sighs> I got to stop. I got to breathe. We will have a show maybe. Because I didn't do a show Monday, Tuesday. See how it goes tomorrow. And then I can report on Billy Lily. Hopefully Billy Lily. I hope Billy Lily's good. I have a dream of catching him. And than petting him. If that happens, we know he'll he'll have a good home one day. Not this home. Well, if I had a big house, maybe, but no. It's, uh, it's like almost too much with three cats <laughs> in a one-bedroom apartment, but not, I mean, almost too much. Yeah, it is, it's too much. Three is enough. I can't. It's a lot of work, you know what I mean? Not that I don't enjoy it. I love them. I love them a lot. But, like, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to go lay down. And as soon as I start laying down, I'm going to hear one of the cats are going to use use their litter box, and I'm going to have to get up again. I'm not trying to complain, because let me not complain about it. Because uh, I don't want anybody to think that own, having a pet is, is a chore. It's not. It's a labor of love. Because they give, they give you so much. Right, Tara Jr.? You're sleeping again. All right. Let me tell you guys. Yes. A big house in Ireland filled with cats. That sounds like a good time. That would be great. I gotta win the lottery. Then, then we will do it. I'm not kidding, either. What's the point? What's the meaning of life? If I win the lottery, big house in Ireland, lots of cats, Tarabuster commune. <laughs> And everyone's coming. I don't care. If you have any other plans, you better drop them. And then we can all look 
here, look over the pond and be like, what is wrong with them? Anyway, but we have a lot of work to do. In the meantime, let's stay in reality. All right, I'm tired. I got to go to bed. But we will win. Yes, we will. We will. I mean, Tom said it too. He was like, the arc of history is long, but it bends towards justice. It's true. One step forward, two steps back. But we will win, hopefully in our lifetime. That's right. Irene says, heaven to me is being surrounded by all my fur babies from a kid. Yep. Oh, <laughs> I'm I'm overtired. I can't even tell. I was like when I was watching Zelensky this morning. I couldn't. I mean, I was just like, <laughs> like uh, ugly crying. All right, we're we will win because we're on the right side of history. We are on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. We stick together. We win. Where's my ecam? Fucking ecam. I think ecam is bugged out. It is. Look, I'm crying. I'm I'm very tired. Ugh, boy, I almost cried too. I almost cried like three times on the show tonight. Can't I can't I can't talk about cats I can't talk about Zelensky. <laughs> Where the fuck is Ecam? Maybe it doesn't want me to stop the show. Jesus Christ! All right, I found it. I think. No, it's not. Okay. I might. I don't have any controls on the, on the ecam. This is weird. I might just have to sh shut the show down. And just say finish, without my my. Um... Oh, here it is. Okay, but I I don't have any controls. It's weird. Something is wrong. Well, that's not surprising. All right, guys. We are on the right side of history. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. We stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin, and I'll see you very soon. <laughs>